0: mentorship programs are so useful today because the the information is out there you don't need to buy a course nobody needs to buy a course you can just google it and you can get all your answers solved the problem is there's too much information and you need some way to kind of structure that to put it into a way that that's useful and something that puts you out into the field because especially when it comes to real estate you're not going to learn it you know watching youtube videos reading a book or anything like that you have to do it and it's Welcome, everyone,
1: to the Cassandra Properties Podcast. Uh, we've got another treat for you today. Not only are we joined by the lovely Rebecca, who everyone seems to just not be able to get enough of,
2: we're also joined
1: by Gabe Peterson, a mobile home and RV investor based out of Seattle, and he is the host of the Real Estate Investing Club. How are we doing, Gabe? I'm doing great, James, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. So. Uh, you've got a lot going on. Uh, yeah. I have to say, you're you've got a pretty slick site, and we'll get into that. But one thing that jumped out at me when we were doing our research is uh, this isn't what you always did, and you reference a period of time when you worked for the man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I. Uh, so I, when I graduated back in shoot, when was that? 2009. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I graduated with a degree in philosophy, thinking I was going to go. Uh, go become a lawyer. I followed some lawyers. I shadowed them. I was like, I do not want to be a lawyer. So <laughs> I graduated <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, a friend of mine was, um, he got a job with Accenture. So I said, you know, consulting sounds great. So I went and I uh, worked the nine to five with a consulting company out here in Washington, you know, worked at Microsoft, T-Mobile, big guys, um, didn't like the job, didn't really like, you know, the commute. I really just really didn't jive with me. So I, I was always looking for a way out. Like I knew I wanted to do something myself, I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, I tried a few different uh, um, businesses before this in e commerce and digital marketing, um, and then ended up landing in real estate. Uh, what probably, well, my first flip was seven years ago, but I did this full time for what two or three years now.
1: So, what type of consulting were you doing?
0: Um, business analysis, process improvement, and project management.
1: And it just wasn't cutting the cake for you, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, there was just not enough self-direction. I, you know, in, I'm sure anybody who has experience in a corporation, you know, that you're just kind of, you kind of feel like you're a cog in the wheel. The one thing that kept me there, um, was the team. I love my team that I was working with, but the work, uh, wasn't really inspiring to me. And I, it was like a 45 commute, uh, 45 minute commute each way. And I just, or, you know, Seattle winters can be really long. And so you leave when it's dark out, you come home when it's dark out. And it was just, Mm -hmm. I couldn't take it. Well, Becca can talk to you about (laughs) winters that she's not afraid
2: of. Oh, yes. That is very true. I could go on and on.
1: Rebecca is somehow based up in Vermont and she hates the cold weather and she hates snow. (laughs) (laughs) It's the wrong state for that.
2: Tell me about it.
1: She tends to be turned around and backwards, but we're we're working to get her focused and on track. Uh-huh. Right, Reeves?
2: That's yeah. Thank you.
1: So you again, you you've got quite a lot going on here. Uh, so to to be clear, on your site, you're not brokering deals, correct? You're not acting as a real estate broker or are you?
0: No, we are not brokers. Um, but we we market nationally for mobile home and RV parks. And so we wholesale deals, we'll assign contracts. Uh, But we are not, we do not list um, properties on on the MLS. So I'm fascinated with
1: uh, RV park deals and mobile home deals. Here Mm -hmm. in New York, uh, we have really, really tough laws with tenancy. Yeah. Um, And legislatively, something Rebecca and I work on quite a bit. And (laughs) property taxes. Yeah, property taxes, uh, all the good stuff. Um, Our RPO program, real estate program. portfolio optimization, where um, we take a look and analyze all the traditional metrics, of course, that go into to real estate investing. But we have a very close eye on legislative threats that has over the years kind of you know, made its way up the chain. And uh, now any SWOT analysis that we do, that's up at the top. That's even ahead of, believe it or not, interest rates and, and inventory levels. It's oh, wow. become so challenging uh,
0: with with the legislative changes that we've
1: seen over the last ten years or so,
0: man, uh, I'd, I'd be interested to know uh, kind of the results of that. Like, which which states are coming out ahead? Which ones are falling behind? I know Seattle is not uh, it's not faring well when it comes to uh, uh, you know landlord tenant laws, or at least it's it's faring that direction. But I'm um, curious to know about New York. Yeah, so it, it, all well intended stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But
1: what happens is uh, the the legislation doesn't always translate to what's happening to boots on the ground. Yep. Um, and you, you end up taking uh, the the good players, the good actors in the industry, and they start to divest from it because it becomes so difficult to stay in compliance on all of the different benchmarks that we've uh, taken our hands off. And a lot of the multifamily investors here in New York have begin to begun to <clears throat> change the model where in the past, it's just been, you know, trading bricks for bricks, 1031 out of one, you back it to another, uh, and they've started to diversify quite a bit. You know, the the manufacturing uh, market up here, M land and industrial land has really taken off. And you're seeing a lot of the traditional investors that had only played in the multifamily space start to divest. So uh, I thought it would be a neat idea if you could walk us through a, a typical mobile home park, uh you know what are you guys looking for what kind of cap rates do they trade for what type of financing is available where do you source your capital kind of the whole thing if you'd you'd run it down for us
0: yeah yeah for sure um so i'm just okay You, you asked a few questions in there so i'm gonna Start from the top, what uh, to look for when you're buying a mobile home RV park um, or really what not to look for. So the things you wanna stay away from, um, I mean, it's it's pretty typical, but you want city utilities. You do not want septic, you do not want well. With that said, we're actually, uh, today is the final day or tomorrow is the final day of due diligence for a park that we're closing out in Moses Lake. It's on well, it's on septic, so it doesn't kill the deal. It's just not something that you want. Um, obviously you want city city water, city sewer. Um, outside of that, I mean, mobile home and RV parks can really run the gamut of quality, um, of location. There are, there's a lot of different things that we look for, um, when it comes to cap rates generally. So we have been offering between a nine and 12. Um, we're a little more on the aggressive side when it comes to cap rates, but cap rates have been being compressed. I've noticed, um, I mean, and most of our offers, the, the seller, we'll say hey you know we just talked to somebody they offered us a six cap you know we we are no we're not even considering your offer so it's our our you know de facto what we offer on 9 to 12 is is not working out so it is it is going down a little bit more um, let's see what ask some more specific questions so i <laughs> Sure. So I can, uh, prime it up. Uh, so
1: uh, before i move on to some more questions about the the mobile mobile homes and i apologize for getting ahead of myself there the you know as, as the conversation evolves you'll recognize i'm, phew, I'm all over the place because yep. i'm excited about this. So 9 to 12% um, those are really healthy rates of return. Yeah. Why do you think and and for the audience for those of you who don't uh, understand cap rates. Essentially, uh, with what he's saying between a nine and a twelve percent cap rate means that it's the the rate of the 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 rate of return of the capital you put into the deal, assuming that you paid cash for it. So, if you bought a piece of property for a hundred thousand dollars and you were netting out ten percent, that'd be a ten cap, right? In ten years, you'd have that money back. If it's a twelve percent rate of return, it uh, you'd have your money back in eight years, and so on. So uh, it's basically if you wrote a check uh, instead of letting the money sit in the bank or go into an alternate investment, what how long would it take for you to get the money back? Now, when he says that rates are dropping down into the six and seven percent, that's shocking to me because just a few years ago, we were trading you know single tenant assets like Walgreens leases for high fives, low sixes. And then, of course, that dropped and those were, were way down into the fours. Um, But for the benefit of the audience, if you can imagine having a a tenant like a Walgreens deal, a a land lease, where they're responsible for all of the maintenance of the building, Uh, you don't have to run around chasing uh, 5, 10, 50, 100 different tenants. It's a credit tenant, which means that they're bankable, they're financeable. Uh, Basically, you sit back and, and collect your check. So in those instances, you'll see the cap rate come down because the level of of work that goes into the deal comes down. Typically, the higher rates require a little bit more elbow grease. The more energy and effort you put into it, a little bit more of that sweat equity is gonna translate into a higher return. So why do you think that the rates are coming down so so much? And are they coming down in all asset classes by you or is it just mobile homes?
0: Honestly, I think mobile homes, Are just becoming more popular, and so there's more people willing to pay a higher, you know, a higher amount. Um, and so the nine to twelve band, I, I you know, I kind of lump mobile home and RV parks into one, uh, one bucket, but really they trade at different cap cap rates. Uh, mobile home parks we usually go nine and ten, and the RV park is you know ten to twelve. Um, RV parks obviously because it takes more effort. Uh, we we really try to run RV parks as long term stays. But you still do have the, um, the people who will be there for, you know, weekend, a week, a month, something like that. So it, uh, the reason that it trades higher, obviously, is takes more effort. It's more of a, it's more of a business than it is an investment. Um, and, and then again, obviously, in the cities, uh, I mean, here in Seattle, you're, you cannot find a 9 to 12 anywhere. That would just be, that'd be a killer deal. So if you're in, you know, a great metro that has appreciation, you're not going to get those cap rates. Um, but if you're outside in the suburbs, yeah, you will. So
1: if in the RV side, you're getting down to tenancies that are that limited, um, meaning that they're in and out intermittently, how do you secure financing for a transaction like that? Is is it standard metrics?
0: Uh, Seller financing. That's the answer. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, I mean, we really... We really press hard on seller financing. Um, whenever we make an offer, we always do two offers. We do one cash, one seller. Uh, seller financing is generally going to be, I mean, we're going to be very generous with that because we don't want to have to go to a bank, especially for, for any, most of the parks that we look at are, um, are semi-distressed, meaning that they have low occupancy. Maybe they have a few things that need to be done. And so a bank is not going to look favorably on that. Um, and so we really push seller financing, usually 20% higher or up to 20% higher on the offer price for seller versus uh, cash.
1: Wow. And what type of terms do the sellers give you? Uh,
0: so our, our standard is a 10-year balloon. Um, we could do interest only or in- interest in principal, And then um, we start out at a 325 for interest rate and uh, re- you know, go, go around from there. Okay, so
1: you're putting a package together, you're looking at mobile in the nine to 10, RV in the 10 to 12. Um, where are you sourcing capital for the initial acquisition? I noticed that you have a portal on your site for investing. Um, are you doing you know single investment opportunities in a deal? Do you have like a Reg D offering? And it's a continuing fund that rolls these things forward. If someone wanted to invest with you, how would we go about doing that?
0: Yeah, so so far, we've been able to do it all. There's three partners, um, and we've been able to do it all with our own our own cash because we negotiate a low down payment um, for seller financing. But going forward, when we get into bigger deals, we're going to have to start raising funds. Um, and we haven't crossed that bridge yet. So once I get there, I'll, I'll let mm-hmm. you know.
1: <laughs> Good stuff. So you're, you're self-financing the initial... Uh, capital for the down payment. The seller's holding the note. Okay, let's talk about title. What does title work look like for a transaction like this?
0: I mean, it's the from my perspective, it's the same, um, the same as anything else. We we go through a title company. They they handle it. Everything generally generally looks good. Um, I we have so when you buy a mobile home park or RV park there is a chance that the, the units within the park, so the mobile homes are park owned. Um, that is not not good. You do not want to own the park or own the homes um, because yes, you can get more when it comes to rent. However, you have to maintain those and that is just you know time for headache. So it's not worth it. Um, so like this park that we just purchased up here in George, Washington, it had four park owned homes. We did not want them. So we went through the process of selling them to the tenants However, it turned out that they did not have titles. The, the current owner did not have the title. Um, and so we had to go through the process of transferring titles and getting the old original owner to, to sign oh over geez. the title for the, the mobile home parks or the mobile home uh, units. So it was, it was kind of a nightmare, but, you know, it's just work. <laughs> so, and I'm sorry, Becca,
1: for dominating the conversation. Um, we're going to get into the, the mentorship. <laughs> program uh that gabe offers which becca is our wendy wendy from uh billions i like to call her our wendy so we'll get into that but the so you're buying the dirt basically the individuals own the mobile home and they're coming and they're renting the plot for you from you i guess is that it
0: Yeah. So the value, I mean, from like the societal perspective, the value that you're offering is you are, you're doing the infrastructure. So the utilities, and then you're creating the community. So you create a nice community and then you maintain everything that is required for the mobile homes to operate correctly um, within that community.
1: Okay. So are there, you know, uh, amenities, do you offer that, you know, do you look for that sort of stuff in in the parks or there, you know, playgrounds or I I don't even know where to begin. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um some parks do. Uh so one park, um this park that we're working on in, in uh out here in eastern Washington, it used to be a KOA, um a Campgrounds of America. Yep. And so it has um well it has kind of like a like a community center, I guess is what you'd call it um and then like a playground so some of them do we're actually we we don't want to have the pl- playground on the site just because of liability issues so we're going to be taking that down um but you know some parks do we were working on a park out in uh on the coast uh, there was 121 sites and it had a pool it had a motel it had all the stuff including the mobile home um park and so it really depends on on the park i feel like a lot of these parks were just kind of hobbled together. <laughs> and so over mm-hmm. years, they started adding things to them and, uh, and you know, it came up to be what it is. So some parks will have these, some, most of them won't, they'll just be the park itself.
1: Okay. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm going to keep hiring you on this because again, it's <laughs> fascinating to me and it's, <laughs> it's a marketplace that we wanted to explore and we're the kinds of people, by the way, that are ruining your cap rates. So sorry sorry oh, about that. Nice. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> we yeah. start jumping into these other markets and we have an impact on the rates, right? So the
0: tenant moves in. Are they signing a traditional lease? Uh, not a traditional lease, um, but they are signing a lease. Yeah, There is a, uh, a mobile home tenancy lease, essentially, that's, that they're leasing the lot from us. Um. So they, we have them sign two things, the lease and then the park rules. Um, we have park rules to, you know, to maintain the, the aesthetic of the park, to make it a nice community. Um, things like they can't have vehicles that are not running on the property. Um, uh, they have to maintain the grounds that they're, you know, of their of their site, um, things like that.
1: OK, and what happens now, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? sign a, uh, a lease, which I guess maybe is an occupancy agreement or a hybrid thereof. Mm-hmm. They come in, they have their uh, mobile home here. Are these one-year deals, five-year leases? How long do they typically run? Uh,
0: so we do both one year and month to month. It just kind of depends on the situation. Um, a lot of people appreciate the month to month just based on who they are and what they what they want. Uh, And we're fine with that. Uh, People tend to, or we see long-term stays, long-term tenancy. And so we're not really afraid of high turnover. Um, When it comes to RVs, that's automatically going to be a month-to-month lease. And there is going to be higher higher turnover there.
1: Okay. And do you ever have a situation where Mr. and Mrs. Smith abandon the mobile home?
0: Um, Yes. Uh, Abandoned. Well, I guess not really abandoned, but um, yeah, we do have situations where people leave, but they tend to leave it in, in the name of somebody else. And so we just had somebody leave our park. Um, But they, you know, their cousin um, came and they, they said that they'd like to rent their space to the cousin. We said, that's fine. You know, go ahead. Um, So we haven't had a lot of cases where people just leave their leave their, uh, their unit on our park or in our park. Um, but I've definitely heard that happening. People just leave, uh, mostly because they're, they're tired. They don't want to move the, move the unit. Um, and, and yeah, they just leave it in the park. And last question on this,
1: what do your occupancy rates look like in, in a typical facility?
0: Uh, so we, we have three that's right now we have three parks. I, I don't want to make us sound like we're some giant, giant hedge fund or something. Um, but, we're doing really good. I mean, occupancy is great. We've, uh, we've been doing this for a year now. And so, and we haven't seen, we haven't seen any dip in occupancy, even when we buy the parks themselves, people, you know, we, we, well, we haven't raised rents too, too much, but we haven't seen any pushback from anything. And so people, um, people are are generally amenable to, uh, to change of ownership and to slight raises in rents if it, if it merits it.
1: That's okay. Great. Well, it's a, a nice, uh, education, a 20 minute cliff notes, folks on, uh, those of you who are interested in, in the mobile home and the RV, uh, investment opportunities. We've actually had quite a bit of, uh, discussion or chatter within our groups, uh, folks, you know, again, because there's a little bit of, of legislative fatigue, you know, and people are looking for different opportunities. And that's something that's come up in our business clubs and in our networking events, you know, um exploring those opportunities is just an alternative. So I uh, appreciate that. And I think the audience will appreciate uh, all of that insight and best of luck with it.
2: Yeah, it was very helpful. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely.
1: The other thing that jumped out at me and now we can bring in the lovely Rebecca. Into the discussion. <laughs> so we found a tremendous synergy between our agents, um, our staff, and coaching and mm-hmm. personal growth stuff, right? So, this is something that uh, I've shared on the channel uh, quite a bit. Uh, I was the, the knucklehead who, you know, was, was not really pro this type of stuff. Um, and as I started to get into it, it's had such an unbelievable, profound impact on everything that Absolutely. I do personal and business. Uh, and, yeah. Rebecca, has that personality where she is? We're making changes here in the company. Where one of the things we're going to be offering, in addition to our real estate institute, is going to be a full time coach uh, that's going to be on the team. Uh, so I noticed on your site that you've got quite a bit of um, you know information about not just the deals and not just the the real estate side of stuff, but Personal growth and spiritual growth and health and happiness and, and all the other things that uh, we tend to sideline as, as serial entrepreneurs where we're going so fast, we don't spend enough time on that. So I thought it'd be interesting if you and Becca could talk a little bit about um, how you got into that and um, the correlation that you see in the business. If there is a correlation, it could be just a coincidence and take it from there. So Reeves, if you want to jump in on this, I thought it would be productive for the audience to hear a different perspective.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I was looking at your website, I noticed you had a little tab on the mentorship. Um, And it looks like you you offer one-on-one. And then do you offer group as well? Or is it just the one-on-one mentorship?
0: Yeah, so that is actually a recent... um... Recent development. Uh, I was, I was suggested to do that and uh, I'm actually pretty excited about it. I, um, it will be grouped the group. I'm still trying to, I want, before we really launch it, I'm, you know, I'm taking people's names and I'm getting interest. Um, but before we launch it, I want to make sure that the program is going to get people results and not just be a, a place where they can go and, you know, share stories. Um, but yeah, so that, I mean, I, I've been in, um, I've taken courses with, with mentors before and it, I feel like having somebody who's done it before and who can kind of show you a road, um, to go down is, I mean, it's one of the most important things in my journey to get where I am. Um, and I, I just, the goal is just to kind of give that back to the next person and, and, and help them, uh, you know, get to where, where they want to be.
2: That's great. So is it something that you, after, you know, speaking to other mentors thought, I'd love to do this um, for other people? Or did somebody say, hey, you've got a great personality for this. This is something you should do. You've got great information. How did it all come about?
0: Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, I've had people say that, you know, you should do this. It would be, you know, it would work with your personality and and Mm -hmm. you'd be good at it. Um, And also, I just, I really like talking about real estate. I really like helping people, um, you know, make it in it. Because when I first started, it was, way overwhelming like way way overwhelming and i didn't know what i was doing and i was just throwing things on the wall seeing if they (laughs) stuck and uh you know looking back i'm glad i went through that i learned a lot of lessons but um i feel like that that process could have been cut short or shortened a little bit um if i had Mm -hmm. somebody from the beginning to kind of say hey man this is what you're doing. You're doing great. Um, you know, especially when you get those no's, if you're on cold calls and people are like, you just get no after no, after no, if somebody was just there to say, dude, you're doing great, just keep going. You know, eventually something's going to work out. You're doing the right thing, blah, blah, blah. So, um, I forget what your original question was, but that was my answer. <laughs>
2: no, no, that that was good. That was good. So you, you answered it. So let's say I want to um, reach out and, and do the one-on-one with you. What can I expect? Like where are you going to start from the very beginning, um, kind of the nitty gritty, or will you specialize it um, specifically for something that I'm working on in real estate? What What can people expect from you?
0: Yeah. So the one-on-one is is really going to be based on, um, on you, on your goals. Cause everybody's different. Um, and everybody is in a different situation. Uh, if you have a million dollars in the bank, then it's going to be a lot different than if you have $0, um, you know, the, the process and and Mm -hmm. what you're going to be going after is different. Also the type of asset that you want to take down is going to be different. Um, so it's really going to be the, it's really going to be based on what your goals are. Um, you know, I, I got started in single family and multifamily. And so, uh, I, I know how to go down that path. Um, and then obviously I'm doing mobile home and RV parks now. So I know how to go down that path. So it's really going to be based on what you want um, and what your goals are.
2: That's great. And will you have specific topics that you will go over in like group mentoring?
0: Yeah. So the, um, it's based or it's broken down into, it, it comes with a course. So the, the, I created a course around all this. Um, and we go into, sorry, I got to make sure that I remember the the different modules. So it starts out with how <laughs> no to find worries. the deal, how to finance the deal, how to add value to that deal, and then how to exit. Um, so th- that's basically how it's broken, what it's broken into the different segments. Um, and e- in each one of those, we go into details of, uh, of how to do that.
2: Wow, that's fantastic.
0: It's so neat that we're in a world
1: where you can do this, right? Where you Mm -hmm. can collaborate and you can empower and you can share and you can educate in such a profound way through the digital tools that are available to us today. You know, when I started a long time ago, I'm getting old, oh my gosh. When I started 20, (laughs) almost 25 years ago, um, you know, it was back then we had the big MLS books. It was boom. Here's the book. Here's some leads. Start calling. <laughs> and that's how you learned. You you started calling, and you you know you took a course through the state. You took your test through the city. It had nothing to do with real estate, like in practice, right? It was all the regulations and the rules and all that jazz. But it didn't teach you anything about how to actually negotiate a deal and how to actually pull it together. Um, so be able to be able to impart this knowledge and to connect to people um, as we're connecting now or in person through the assets in the digital toolbox, it's just a remarkable time. Um, yep. you know,
2: yeah.
1: I was watching, uh, an interview with Elon Musk and they were talking to him about, uh, SpaceX <clears throat> and they said, you know, you don't have, um, any formal background with rockets and, and this type of industry. You know what? What motivated you, and, and how did you learn? You know to to uh, how do you run a a, a company that's going to be launching rockets up into space? And he said, I'm <clears throat> self-taught. And the guy laughed, the interviewer, and he's like, I'm I'm serious. You know, there's nothing that you can't access today at your fingertips with a few clicks. Yep. Literally, um, it's all so available to us. Yep there is such an amazing opportunity for us to be able to really become experts in different fields. Uh, Of course, you've got to put the energy in. Of course, you've got to put the effort in. You've got to be vigilant. You've got to be tenacious. Um, But that goes without saying, if you're willing to make that commitment through YouTube and through podcasts and through books, you really can learn kind of anything.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah. that's why I feel, um, I mean, it's another reason why I think mentorships and especially mentorship programs are so useful today because the, the information is out there. I mean, you don't need to buy a course. Nobody needs to buy a course. You can just Google it and you can get all your answers solved. The problem is there's too much information and you need you, mm, you need some way to kind of structure that, to put it into a way that, that's useful. Um, and something that puts you out into the field, because especially when it comes to real estate, you're not going to learn it by by you know watching YouTube videos, reading a book or anything like that. You have to do it. And it's so easy to do. You just do one deal and you've got the experience. I mean, all you have to do is just buy a house. That is the essence of real estate. And it's, so you, ju- you just need to get the actual action done. Um, I forget where I was going with that again. I don't know. It's uh it's so close to, no. to the holidays. I'm just, my memory is just <laughs> a little <laughs> oh, gosh.
2: No, I think, um, you know, it's funny because I saw, I think I saw that same interview or at least a piece of it, James, but, um, you know, it it's right. You can find anything digitally that you want, but I think it's interesting, Gabe, and, and, tell me if if you find this to be true too. So you can find all this information and you can, you know, read and educate, but there's something about having some, uh, having a support system in in really everything we do in life. But, you know, when you're working on your career, just even to have somebody to come alongside you and say, you know, you're doing the right thing. You've got this. Um, Like you said, with the cold calling, just keep at it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think we take for granted how profound just having someone to stand beside you and encourage you really is.
0: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, just knowing that you're not doing something alone um, yeah. is, is you know, good enough, in my opinion. But um, yeah, having somebody to kind of guide you is, is so crucial, especially for something as complicated as real estate.
2: Absolutely.
0: So I
1: wanted to talk a little bit about your YouTube channel, um, which is killer, by the way. Oh, Folks, if, if you have an opportunity. I strongly suggest you check it out. Uh, it's, correct me if I've got this wrong, but it's actually the Real Estate Investing Club, correct? That's what we put into YouTube to find you?
0: Uh, yeah. Yep. And that'll okay. take up the, the YouTube. I actually, so there is a second podcast. I got started down, I, you know, I created the Real Estate Investing Club. I just had a blast doing it. People were like calling and asking me to be on their podcast who had no real estate experience. So I was like, sure, let's, let's make another one. So I made a second podcast just for fun. And that's, th- those are the other videos you'll see there. It's called pursuing greatness.
1: So you've got, awesome. um, it's a, the channel's got all different tiles on it and the tiles are color coded. Yep. So there's uh, color coded, coded tiles for real estate investing. And then there's color coded tiles for the spiritual side and the, um, empowering side. And then there's also, I think, green tiles for the marketing side. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, as I mentioned, I did, um, I created the e-commerce business a while ago, and then I was, I was taking on clients for digital marketing. So I got some pretty good uh, digital marketing chops. And so I just started sharing that knowledge on there too. Um, I haven't been doing that as much because my focus has been more on um, real estate, but I, I, you know, those, those videos are on there. Those will be green. So, uh, wh- where are you sourcing your content? Uh, I blew through a bunch of the videos.
1: I thought they were great. They were concise. They were to the point, easy to digest. Uh, where where are you sourcing all the, the content for this stuff?
0: Well, so, uh, how do I come up with the topic, you mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's SEM Rush. Um, I just want to answer questions that people are actually asking. And so I just Google what people are. I, I search what people are asking and then I answer those questions if I have, you know, the answer in my brain.
1: So that's a neat little tip, folks. For those of you that are looking to bolster your SEO, um, you can go in, and this is what we've done. And I think one of our videos uh, ended up being. way, Pete, where was our video on HUD? It was like way up there, right? Yeah, what it was. Is- It was a number one video on YouTube for a while. Uh, We did the same thing. So if if you have a business, folks, you can go in and ask Google, basically, what are people asking in relation to your business? And it'll spit out all sorts of questions that uh, you're probably going to be an expert on some of those topics. So we started hammering out blogs and turning some of those blogs into videos. It was killer for our SEO. Mm -hmm. It really helped us soar through the rankings and it became a great informational source or a resource for the community to pop in and check it out. Yep, yep, yep.
0: Yeah, and if you use something, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Shoot. Zoom is, is a good one because you can always just you know share your screen. But I use uh, Streamyard. That's this new this oh, new program yes. I'm testing out. And it's really easy to um, to share, uh, you know, share content, create something yourself. Um, and it also Zoom is um, it's good, but it's kind of like grainy. Uh, and this one goes up to 1080p. So uh, it's a good one to check out if you if you're trying to create content for your business.
1: Now, are you producing all of this yourself? Do you have a a, a crew, or how, you know, are you doing the editing? What's your shop set up like?
0: Uh, so just VAs. Um, I have two VAs that help me with all the the backend digital stuff. So I do the podcasts, and then I got the processes set up for them, and they uh, they they run the post production. Wow.
1: So VAs, virtual mm-hmm. assistants.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's really cool because your, your channel is tight, man. It it looks professional. It really comes off well. Um, so you actually have someone remote set up that's doing all the ground and pound for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I created a whole system for the thing so they can, you know, it's easy for them. Um, it's kind of hard if you just give people an idea, uh, or VAs specifically, um, not that they're, I use VA so loosely. It's, you know, someone who is uh, who, who is helping you that is not, you know, local. Um, but I created the, an entire process for them to kind of help it out and and get them going down the right path.
1: If you don't That's mind me cool. asking, uh, was this like through a third-party company or are these people you knew that you had a prior relationship with or?
0: No, this is from, uh, through Upwork. Hmm. Yeah. Upwork's a really good one. I'm starting um, to
2: write it down. <laughs> you no, know, like I've
0: got notes every <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: Upwork's a great one. Fiverr Fiver is good for small things. In my opinion. Um, it's not really good to find a full-time VA, but Upwork, I mean, this is the system set up. Well, you can do interviews. I highly recommend interviewing people before you hire them because you can, you can land on some duds out there. But, um, once you get a good one, then it's great. And, you know, got to treat them well, give them plenty of bonuses and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll help you out. How's the, the, on the costing side, is it, is it expensive? Is it reasonable?
1: Is it akin to, you know, having, yeah, yeah,
0: no, it's, it's very reasonable for, for just the plain admin stuff. Um, we're, what what is it? So we range from six fifty to 15 an hour. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. So it's a, it's super reasonable. They do a great job. Um, and for the lower end, for the you know the 650 an hour, I give them bonuses to keep them. You know they live in the Philippines, and so it's the the price purchase price parity is a lot different between the two countries, so it it uh, it helps them out.
1: It's amazing! Just uh, again for the listeners, that's invaluable stuff right there, folks. To be able to outsource this stuff um, for for such a reasonable rate, um, even the higher end of that scale is just barely pushing the minimum wage limits here in New York. Um, but the key, it sounds like to success is the structure, right? Having defined steps that they have to follow so that they're not kind of getting off into la la land.
0: Yep. Yep. I, uh, yeah, I have everything super, um, super laid out. And then I also create videos, um, for each step. And I, so I'll go through the process of, you know, doing production on a video on a, on a episode myself, And i'll record it and i'll be like this you know i'll talk while i'm recording it uh, or while i'm doing the work like this is what i'm doing now this is what i'm doing now and that just kind of gives them an understanding obviously you're going to have some you know they'll screw up a few times as they start to learn your process but once you kind of have a working relationship like you know any other situation things things work and so yeah it's been it's been working out well
2: now this might be a silly question but do you work with one specific person Or is it like uh, a company and you get, you know, five different people in rotation that are your assistant?
0: Um, So, yeah, on Upwork, there'll be you'll see two things. Um, Sometimes it's just one person for for this one guy I work with for um, for marketing and PR for the podcast Mm -hmm. that he's just an individual. He's a freelancer Um, for the admin um, doing post production, that kind of stuff. It is a, a agency, quote unquote, um, mm-hmm. so you'll have a main contact kind of like an account manager and that account manager will be, will be the person that you're talking with the entire time. And then they work with their team. Um, so whenever, you know, he has a question, whenever they run into issues, he'll talk to me and then, you know, he'll talk Got with it. their team. And- so
1: is that part of your system now that you're imparting to people through the mentorship is getting set up with these, uh, VAs? Is that part of what you're recommending?
0: Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I'm. My brain just kind of works with systems. And so I, I think any business, if you really want to make it something that you enjoy, you got to put systems in place. You got to have really tight, clean systems. <laughs> we would get along. That, that right?
2: <laughs> yes, yes, just <laughs> thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh.
0: Uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, systems are, that's, that's my thing when it comes to, to building the business.
1: Okay, so I wonder Bex, as we're talking yeah. here. So one of the big challenges Gabe in my industry is over the years, the industry has dramatically changed. It used to be when you wanted to find a broker, you wanted a deal maker, right? Mm -hmm. You wanted someone who understood the art of the deal, how to make a deal, how to work a deal, how to read a client. And while that's still very important, uh, oh my God, I'm doing the Cuomo thing here. Did anyone else catch that? I've been doing the Cuomo Wow, (laughs) shout out to the Gov. So, uh, um, we found that as marketing became more relevant for realtors, and it wasn't so much just about being a deal maker, it was about marketing, right? It was mm-hmm. about getting this product out, not just drop it in the MLS anymore. The more eyes that we can get on our product, the better the chances are that we're going to sell it. And then yep. it becomes the presentation, right? How the quality of the marketing. So you have um, two really separate distinct agent groups at least in uh, where we operate. You've got the uh, slightly older generation that are killer deal makers, best of the best. We have some mm-hmm. unbelievable deal makers in our company but they're on the technical side uh, from a technology perspective, they're a bit challenged. And then mm-hmm. you've got the younger agents that don't have the experience, they don't have the wisdom Uh, And they're not programmed like the traditional deal makers are, but they're unbelievable when it comes to the tech side. I wonder if as part of our company growth, Reeves, if perhaps we start getting some of our top producers set up with these VAs, let them come in and focus on what they do best, let them operate in their gift, let them go make deals and um, maybe get them set up so that they can learn that there's this other side of it out there that can help pick up the slack on the things that they really are not loving about the business.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah I think that's a great idea.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it, so especially when it comes to marketing and tech stuff, it is so easy to get just sucked into that swamp of all the small <laughs> things that you have to do to make it work. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, systematizing it, making it making it stupid proof is, uh, is definitely... Definitely help you out
1: without a doubt, so you're also an author. is that correct
0: <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll use that term loosely <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote a book uh, that will help people um, get started in real estate investing. Uh, it is not a, a, a published book in the terms like you can't go to Barnes and Noble and find it on the shelves but um, it's a book it definitely can help you out uh, and it goes through the four steps just like I was talking about of, of um, you know, finding a deal, financing that deal, uh, adding the value, and then exiting correctly. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's up on the website. We are actually just in the process of redoing it in a new format. So you will not be able to get it right now, but um, hopefully within the next week.
1: Well, that's great, man. We um, <clears throat> Becca had helped me collaborate on. Uh, we just had a collaboration of 12 um, authors out here on Staten Island. We co-authored mm-hmm. a book. Um, that was just released and same thing. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not an author, but you kind of are an author, right? You yeah, are. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah I am, I'm an are. author, but yeah. An Amazon Absolutely. bestseller, which was really <laughs> um, but it's neat. You know, you've got the opportunity to share the knowledge and get it out there. And that's, that's really good stuff. Um,
2: yeah.
1: you clearly yeah. have a, a neat approach to everything that you're doing and, uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm actually, while we're on the podcast, I'm thumbing through your spreadsheet, um, which is probably the single most valuable tool for a someone who wants to start to play around in the business and they don't have the background, and they don't quite understand how a pro forma would work. Could you talk the audience through uh, this spreadsheet and give instructions how they can find it? I've been doing this for 25 years. I think it is a a great little cheat sheet. It even has instructions on fill this cell out. It's in C9, right? Mm -hmm. Here goes this. (laughs) It's a really great tool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, um, you're, I think you're talking about the offer analysis Excel that you get. You can get it for free on the website, the realestateinvestingclub.com. Um, you'll just be able to find the button in there. It's free. But yeah, it's, a, it's an offer analysis Excel. It goes through. I don't have it on my computer right now. I wish I did, but you know what I can do? I can just download it from the website. Look at that.
2: There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, it goes through the process of, uh, really from the perspective of a, um, single family or a small multifamily deal. Um, and so, uh, well not. Okay. So now it's in my email. I'm um, sorry. You know, I don't well, have you're, it in front of me, so no, I can't you're okay. walk it through
2: <laughs> while you're looking it up. Um, that's another thing that I feel like, especially in real estate, that's not something that you, you learn right off the bat, right? You learn how to yeah. sell. You don't learn how to, come up with pro formas and how is one done and, and you don't even realize how often that you'll need it. So this is such an invaluable tool. It, it
1: is. It, it walks you through folks, basically uh, the, the seller name, obviously it's got all the basic metrics, the address, um, uh, the amount of bedrooms, uh, and then it takes you through and it walks after repair value at a 10 cap, after repair value based on comps, your square footage, uh, the cap rate, which we touched on already, your gross rent multiplier, Cash on cash returns, which is another great tool and valuable tool mm-hmm. when you're doing your analysis, uh, your debt su- service coverage ratio. And it, it's got like a step by step, you know, oh, yeah. it says on the bottom one, add the square foot uh, in cell number nine Two: add the purchase price in cell number 13. So for, for people that are challenged with technology, I'm one of them. Um, you know, (laughs) give me a a deal and I'll give you a brilliant analysis. I'll give you insight. I'll tell you every which way this deal is coming and going. You need a spreadsheet. You got to call Reeves because that's just, you know, I was actually going through. I love
2: spreadsheets. (laughs) Oh,
1: see if Becca would show it to me this
2: way, I would get it. (laughs) Oh, hush.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I just got it pulled up. Yeah. So, I mean, everything you just said. Um, so the rehab, I, I do, you can choose a maintenance light medium heavy and then there's an explanation on the right well, what each one of those rehab severities is. This is based on kind of Seattle pricing. So uh, if you are you know if whoever's listening watching, if you guys decide to grab this um, quick analysis sheet, know that those numbers are not unique to your area. So um, you are going to want to find your numbers um, but you can use it as just kind of a general a general uh, guess on what your um, what your your deal will look like. So what what it, what motivated you to put this together? Well, I mean, I doing deals made me put it together. So you're using <laughs> uh, this it is kind of a, of a time for your deals. No, so this when I first got started in single family, I made something like ish this that was much uglier, um, and <laughs> I kind of I used that to kind of uh, to decide whether I should put an offer in on a property. And so it helped me a lot when I got started. Um, and so I thought it would be a good tool for somebody who is also getting started and, and wants to know if a deal is actually a deal. Um, so that, that's where it came from.
1: Well, I think it's that's a great, a great little tool. Um, one of many uh, on the website, a lot of information, folks. Uh, yeah, again, and also
0: the, um, the book is... You know you have great great information in the book um, but you can also get that information pretty much anywhere else on the internet I'm not down downplaying what I wrote but uh, you know it's not um, I'm not blowing through I'm not making my own my own standard here um, but the bonuses that you get with the book I feel like are actually very very valuable um, I get there's seven of them and <laughs> I don't even remember what they are there's uh, a <laughs> but they they are very valuable when it comes to uh, to um, creating an investment investing company and uh, you know, getting started in real estate investing.
1: Well, look as as far as uh, whether it's unique to you or not, none of us in this gig are coming up with with anything that's all that unique anymore, right? It's all about how we practice and and implement different systems and what we can derive by improving on what the the last the last person did, right? That's what it's all about. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Where where we're moving along here, we're already uh, fifty minutes into this thing, but before. I'd let you jump. I just wanted to cover, um, we've seen a lot in the news about what's happening out in Seattle. You've probably seen a lot in the news about what's happening in New York. What's going on out there? Boots on the ground, um, you know, is. Yeah.
0: In terms of the market or in terms of um, like the, the, the chop kind of stuff that's been happening downtown. Both. Um, So the market is still surprisingly strong. It's been strong for 10 years. It's just been going through the roof. Thank you, Jeff Bezos, for making Amazon. But uh, it doesn't seem to be slowing that much. Uh, I just sold a duplex for much more than I thought I was ever going to sell it. Um, And so, yeah, the market's great, Uh, especially down in Tacoma. Um, I think Tacoma was ranked as the best. Don't quote me on this, but I think it was ranked as the best market in the United States. Um, oh, wow. Seattle double check that, but <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it said. So Seattle's doing great. The market is great. Um, appreciation still there, still very strong. Um, you know, in terms of the chop thing and, and all that craziness, honestly, I, I try to put my head in the sand when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, I just focus on the business, focus on doing what I need to do. Um, and then, you know, I, I, uh, Seattle is a unique place. Uh, I love the city. I grew up here. Um, I don't think I'll ever move permanently. Um, but you know, there are, you know, there's things going on. So we'll we'll see how it all plays out once uh, once COVID leaves us with its mm. with its presence.
1: <laughs> well, stay safe out there. Um, before you go, give us a, a prediction. Where's this market headed? Give us the next year or two in your um, market, of course.
0: Yeah, man, I uh, I wish I could give you a good prediction. I think for for Seattle, I think we're still going to be going up. I think Seattle is going to be a strong market for a while. Um, I, I just don't see it changing that much uh, in terms of the general market. You know, the United States and our economy. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I mean. In, yeah, I, <laughs> I wish I could give you something really profound right now, but I, I'm, I do not know what will happen. We will, we'll see. I don't think that there's going to be some crazy crash, but, um, but you never know. You think interest rates stay down? I've talked to people much smarter than me about interest rates. Um, and they say that the interest rates are going to be, uh, suppressed for a while. Um, and so I'm just going to believe them <laughs> because I'm not smart enough to know specifically whether it'll you know go up or down.
1: Well, the Fed met and, and had their policy meetings uh, last week, and it was interesting that I think the Fed now holds thirty percent of the mortgage-backed security market. Oh wow! They now purchased thirty percent of that market, and interestingly enough, um, from from what they are they've said they still have a very strong appetite uh, for those securities. So I would suspect so long as the government is interested in buying, um, you know, those notes, the banks will continue to, to play in, in these interest rates, or at least in this realm of these interest rates and possibly lower. They're going to continue to to tick it down until, you know, the buyers so say is. this isn't <laughs> enough of a margin for us. So I think we're, we're uh, considering that we're on the heels of a global pandemic. Um, I think that we're going to come out of this okay. It's going to take a little bit of time, but I believe that the there's a spirit in this country that wants people want to get out, they want to get back. They want to go to a ball game. They want to get back to life. And I really reach it, man. I'm
0: right there with them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, Right. So I think when the the veil lifts or the fog lifts, there's going to be a couple of years where it's, you know, the roaring twenties. I really believe that people are going to be out there and, and uh, celebrating life again. So
0: I uh, I've got that same hope. So I know, I mean, it's been a year since we've been inside. And so I know that once once the veil lifts, um, it'll all go back to to doing well. So I'm, I'm in the same boat. All right, Reeves, did you have anything else for Gabe
2: today? No, I mean, I'd love to pick your brain further on the coaching stuff at some point, but uh, we'll save that for another day.
0: All so right,
1: Gabe, what's the best way or the easiest way for folks to to find you and to reach out to you?
0: Yep. Best way is the website. It's the real estate Um, You can check out, I mean, there's tons of stuff there. You can get the ebook. Um, it's in the upper right-hand corner. And then also you can click on about Gabe in there. You can find my LinkedIn um, profile if you want to reach out to me personally.
1: All right, Perfect. man.
0: I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It was good talking to you guys.
1: Yeah. Enjoy. You. The you too. Uh, everyone out there, stay safe.